On this milestone episode, we talk about City blips, Arsenal peaks, Liverpool dips, Chelsea streaks, FPL tips, and United bleaks. If that's a thing. Come join us on the Talkie Talker podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Talkie Taka podcast, listeners. This is a special one. This is the time when we take off our helmets and raise our bats because this is the 50th episode of the Talkie Taka podcast. So thank you very much for uh, all your support and all your feedback to listeners, to everyone on the panel, everyone who's ever been on the panel, anyone who's ever cursed us online and for an amateur uh, podcast. It's not too bad, not too bad. Uh, we've had listeners from 50 plus countries tuning in at some point to listen and get actual uh, information, actual analysis about uh, all the football that's going on around the world without any biases, if I may say so. So, kicking off today's episode, we have uh, Radhaji, Ab, and Ashwin on the panel today. Uh, Radhaji, how have you been? I think we had a bit of an anti-climax with all that chat about Liverpool and Man United and how it's going to end up this way and it's going to be carnage and this and that. You weren't there to counter the jinxes and I guess that's finally told. Hey Swag, yeah, it caught me by surprise with that episode 50 thing. I remember last week was 49 but I'd forgotten about it. Speak for yourself, man. Some of us are not amateur. Some of us are pretty professional at, at, at what we're doing. So, uh, got the mic and everything. But, um, no, I mean, like, um, great to reach episode 50. Uh, that's a talking moment in itself, um, getting to episode 50. So, good, good shit. I didn't buy for one second all this hype around the United game. Uh, this is just these guys and the rest of the world pretty much made it a scenario where unless Liverpool win final, it's it's a moral victory for United, right? So, yeah, good job by everybody on the United side of things. Um, very frustrated with our own performance. We'll get to that soon. Uh, but yeah, my talkie point was actually the Man City game. Uh, another bit of drop points from Man City that's... It's it's insane. Now for the last five game weeks, they've had three draws and a win and a loss. They've scored eight, conceded eight. Is this really Man City that we're talking about? They're 12th in the or 13th in the form table or no, 12th in the form table just above Chelsea. So it's like one, everybody talks about how Chelsea are having a little bit of a rough patch. Man City are right there with Chelsea. So it's a pretty dastardly set of results for them. Um, this one coming in the 95th minute at home, uh, pin drop silence that they had had as they must be used to by now. So yeah, no, things are not looking great for them. Um, all, uh, don't catch me feeling sorry for them. I mean, let, let this go on for as long as it can. Yeah, and it was really nice seeing uh, Roy Hodgson looking at Pep Guardiola and laughing when when he got the penalty. <laughs> Finally, you're about to go down. And uh, yeah, let's see. But um, I would just like to correct you. Chelsea are not going through a rough patch. A rough patch happens for like a month or so. Chelsea are going through the rough itself because it's been over a year. Uh, talking of Chelsea, Ab, how have you been and what's your talkie point? You know, normally this things like this shouldn't be a talkie point, but we have won two games in a row now. So, um, 
So that's, Boom, that's, jinxed it. That's, no, nah, no. Nah. I realized a while ago that I don't have such powers, so I can talk freely and openly. Uh, we won two in a row now, and uh, the next three games are against Wolves, Palace, and Luton. Now I now I've properly put my foot in there. Let's see what happens. But I think anything less than nine points from those three. Uh, but anyway, coming back to the talking moment, two wins in a row. It's a bit of a surprise for everyone, but uh, it's it's good to get those under the belt. Yeah, and uh, winning against Newcastle in the Carabao Cup as well. Uh, for all the faltering ness of the season, we're we're in the semi-finals of a cup, so we we take what we're given. Uh, and finally, Ashwin, how have you been? What's your talkie point? Yeah, it's been great. Episode fifty, fam. We are fine. Well, episode fifty. What a uh, what a time to what a time to live in, right? So um, we have lasted so many ma- managers as well in the time that we have been doing our podcast. And the latest to be sacked was uh, Mr. Cooper at Forest, and I. Uh, I, I know that uh, Nuno is back. Uh, we have covered the World Cup. We have covered Champions League games. We have covered Europa League games. We have heard Man United, Liverpool and Chelsea fans whine. We have seen some Arsenal fans come into the pod as well. So it's been great and long may our success continue. Um, for me, the talkie point of the week is uh, Mary Ups winning the Sports Personality uh, Award. Uh, from BBC, uh, take that Joey Barton, take that Piers Morgan. Um, I think very well deserved award uh, for the Man United and England number one after the after the season she had with the with the three lionesses last uh, last year. Um, and yeah, nothing much uh, from the Liverpool Man United game. I think if anything, it was a surprise that it was a nil nil. Uh, so nothing to talk about there. But yeah, um, kudos to Mary. Yeah, and uh, it's not just uh, an award uh, from the BBC. Whenever her shirts go on sale, they get sold out within 5-10 minutes. So um, it's proof that uh, she and women's football is here to stay. And finally, my own talkie point, I think um, I wanted to talk about the Luton-Bournemouth game. Uh, Not scenes which anyone wants to see with Tom Lockyer going down with a uh, cardiac arrest as confirmed later by Luton but thankfully he was resuscitated and he's in hospital he's recovering I wanted to talk about Rob Edwards leadership um, he ran onto the pitch and made sure that everyone gave uh, space to Lockyer for the medics to be able to work on him marshaled his team proper man management and leadership took them back in and calmed things down. Uh, you could see tears in his eyes when they came back and they were applauding all the supporters from both the clubs. And also the Bournemouth players around Lockyer, I think Philip Billing was the first one to take a look at him and he immediately signaled to the benches to bring on the medics and probably that was crucial. So, yeah, not scenes that anyone wants to see, but hopefully, at least for his from his health perspective, hopefully he should be okay. Right, so Ashwin said that there's not much to talk about uh, in the Liverpool-United game, so shall we just brush it under the carpet and forget that uh, that ever happened and, and it's move done. swiftly it's on? Done. I, I know. I will definitely look to brush it under the carpet as much as possible. But just quickly, Swag, before we move on. Hey guys, hope you guys are doing good. So I'm tuning in... Uh, 
to send my thoughts on the Anfield game, uh, Liverpool versus Man United. A uh, lot of questions from United fans going into the game. Uh, in the last podcast, we were talking about whether Ten Hag still retains the support of the dressing room or not, and also one of the highest scoring teams in the division facing off against uh, the you know one of the teams in the division who have considered the highest number of shots. So. Uh, United fans did have a lot of uh, worries uh, going into the game about another drubbing. Uh, we got a few co- answers to some of the questions. So, for one, pretty uh, good performance defensively from United. They showed the work ethic uh, and the team effort in defending uh, the goal. Pretty compact shape, which showed that they were still, you know, willing to fight for the manager. So, for me, uh, as I said in the last podcast, that that hasn't yet become an issue in the dressing room. I, I thought that they are still working hard for the manager and they showed that good, uh, uh, you know some good performances defensively. I think Onana had a really good game, marshalling the backline. Varane had an excellent game uh, So and hopefully ensuring that he continues to be in the team. Uh, you know, whenever he's fit, Evans also surprisingly good against the mismatch in pace that he was up against. Uh, uh, so, you know, we kind of frustrated Liverpool into taking shots from long range, not able to create, you know, really good chances, I think, apart from the Trent Alexander-Arnold one. Uh, but I think on the ball, United showed the gap, the huge gap that exists with the top teams. Uh, of course, Liverpool, while not having a great uh, game in position, had a great game in pressing and off the ball, I thought. But uh, while that was the case, United were still very poor. You know, in position, I think uh, uh, perhaps with the exception of Kobe Maino, I think he's a special talent uh, that it, uh, that United can look forward to with a real positive from the game following on from his start against Everton. Uh, but on the balance of play, I thought the best two chances of the game also belonged to United. Uh, one was the Garnacho attempt, uh, which Alexander Arnold uh, 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 intercepted, and then the Hoylund chance, which I thought he should have scored from. So, which would have given us a slightly undeserved uh, three points. But having said that, while we are not buzzing about the result uh, at all, as Van Dijk seems to suggest, uh, we will definitely take a point. Probably the first team this season to take a point from Anfield. So, uh, it's it's again one more you know good base for United to start off from. But it's it's always important how we are going to go into the next game because uh, we could afford to be compact. In this game, but uh, in the in the game against West Ham and against Villa, we will need to chase goals much more actively, commit more people forward, and we have seen that when that happens, how vulnerable we are uh, on the counter. So that will be something to look forward to. Uh, we have seen too many false dawns uh, as United fans this season to get our hopes up. So every every match important for United. I think the expectation, widespread expectation was that Liverpool would roll Man United over. Um, there were memes before the game that uh, United are going to play with three defensive midfielders and five centre-backs and will be extremely defensive and yet Liverpool, the battering ram of Salah, Nunes and everyone, they'll, they'll just roll through and things will happen. But that didn't end up happening at all. And I would say United defended uh, decently enough but Liverpool severely underperformed in terms of their attacking output yeah see um, I'm gonna just like put some of these things out there 
<clears throat> it's an amazing point for for united like i think they would have taken a draw if you had given it to them before the game and we would have felt like it was two points lost so of course they come off better um, at the end of the day what i will say is that along with luton and perhaps sheffield united perhaps a few other games it's one of the worst performances i've seen from liverpool the thing that really gets me is that i i think united i really didn't expect that kind of game for the first 65 70 minutes i always thought that united will have some kind of danger on the counter uh, with pyland and maybe bringing on rashford and stuff like that um but the game was just a non it just any form of threat was non existent for the first 60 70 minutes and consider the fact that you're playing at home uh the first game with the with the revised stadium capacity another 7000 fans uh in the stadium uh, you've had an entire week to rest a lot of players have for example sala van dijk didn't travel midweek um for the europa league game and it was so lackluster darwin was poor sala was poor sobozlai has now had five to six poor games in the last two months um so a lot of our best players just didn't turn up and there's no excuse for that but at the same time it was so bad that you can't really critique it or analyze it in any particular way i thought that the fact that united just didn't even bother putting the the backline under pressure would have just given them even more confidence to take risks but i thought they were lazy they were slow they didn't really play the ball with any kind of intent um played right into united's hands and the two best chances of the game went to united eventually so uh, if they had won the game there would be absolutely no complaints from a liverpool perspective that uh, that they didn't deserve to lose so uh, the last 30 minutes united created some good counter attacking chances alisson had a good save it could very easily have gone the other way so very poor game nothing to say from a tactical standpoint i think it was just shite from all the players barring van dijk and alisson who are now seem to get a pass in every game because they are doing individually well so nothing to say against any other player though it was quite bad um really missing diogo jota i think that diaz is really spent he wasn't even able to beat antony once i think in the entire game and it, it's a forward forget about the full back he wasn't able to beat the forward so yeah not great it would be nice to have some rotation in that front line ben doke has just got another big injury now so it's going to be tough but um If we play like that against Arsenal, we are going to get smacked. So yeah, Jihas hoping that that club gave them a rollicking, and maybe today when they play West Ham, we see a reaction, and then we have to be so much better against Arsenal. Yeah, I think it is very rare that we have had a Liverpool United game, and there's not many talking talky points said right? because both Rada and I did not actually talk about the game at all. Um, I think it was like a really poor game. Definitely, I wasn't ex. I, I, what I was expecting is United to have the low block. They did something very similar against Bayern as well, uh, and then there was this one momentary lapse of uh, concentration, and you know, um, we conceded the goal. This thankfully did not happen uh, in this particular game. Uh, I think um, aside from that, uh, in general, I think I will only take positives from the game. I think Kobe Mainu had an absolutely blinder blinder of a game for. for you know for an 18 year old that too i think varan did really well as well he kept um the likes of sala and nunes at bay um of course i mean listen 
Liverpool were not that great, but they still had an XG of 2.7, which incidentally is not very far off from the XG that they had when they beat us 7-0. So they had an XG of 2.9 on the day. Um, I think it would have been great if uh, Hoyland had uh, finished his chance, had Garnacho finished his chance, uh, and I think it would have been a proper smash and grab uh, if that had happened. Uh, but we have done that. Uh, like John O'Shea, all those years ago, we had a equally poor game from an attack perspective and we got away with the three points and it could have been something of that sort. Uh, but fine, I'll take the one point. Like Before the game, there wasn't a single United fan who would have said that, you know, we'll get a draw. Everyone was expecting a spanking of some sorts. Uh, it did not happen, thankfully. Uh, whether that is on account of Liverpool not turning up to the occasion, them being complacent, or a factor of, you know, some play- some defensive-minded players of, uh, at United turning up, um, that's fine. I'll take the point. Yeah, so I'll go one further and say, Ashwin, that it was far more dominant of a... Well, not dominant in the sense that they played well, but in terms of the balance of play of the game, it was far superior to the one that we won 7-0. In, in, in the sense that there was absolutely no... <clears throat> there was no real danger. And if you remember that game, it was pretty neck and neck for 40 minutes. If uh, It suddenly all just changed after 40 minutes. But that was a pretty close game until Gakpo cut in and scored that first goal. This was like a game that Liverpool have no excuse. Um, now, the XG that you're talking about, I can literally count it down in my hands. There was a Van Dyke header of a corner. There was a Konate header of a corner that he should have... One of these should have been scored. There was a Gakpo header of a free kick or a corner. And then there was this one or two, one or two decent plays where Trent got the ball to cross two, three United players. And there was space. That's the thing. I really don't think United were that resolute from a defensive standpoint. Yes, centrally, yes. But there was still a lot of space to be had. And every time we tried to play the final pass, we played it such a shite pass. It was there, I think, to win. And I don't think United... If if Liverpool had scored 1-0, I think we would have been very um, dissatisfied with United's performance. I think a lot of people would have been unhappy with the way that they had set up and executed. But at the end of the day, they got the result and that is what counts. Um, the other few chances, I can think of maybe two good plays in the entire game. But they had 30 shots. And if you have 30 shots, eventually XG will ramp ramp up like some, some small bits at a time. I think the XG is like far flattering Liverpool in this game. It was absolute crap from them. So, yeah, I mean, very pissed off with the performance, but that doesn't change the fact that we're still in a good place this season. If you look at the big picture, still can't complain too much. One point or whatever, two points off Arsenal, playing Arsenal next. Yeah, I mean, good position to be in. Yeah, so I had a question, Ashwin. So, you you had a decent bunch of players missing uh including one who was suspended because he picked up too many yellows. How did the absence of Bruno affect you? I mean, I did hear a lot of um, online uh, armchair analysis where people said that him actually not being there probably worked better to their advantage uh, in terms of team cohesion. What's your take on that? I mean, depends on the game, right? Like, I think the one bad thing that you can expect from Bruno is that when things are not going his way, he will just winch, right? He would he would give it out to the players. He would, uh, you know, he, he would go for the straight tackles and like his heart would not be in it really. He's a really bad loser. So from that respect, because we needed 
every player to be defending, be organized. In that respect, it really helped. But let's not take away the fact that he's still our, you know, best creative source. So if we needed some sort of creativity, it would have come from Bruno at the end of the day. So, I mean, I, I think it it's, it's a bit ris- disrespectful for us to really say that, okay, oh, we great, because Bruno was not there, we got the point. Uh, I think if Bruno was there, he would have... I mean, he would have had his poor moments, but also he he is the club captain for a reason. Like he 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 has that moment of magic in him as well. Um, it is very likely that you know if that chance had come to Bruno instead of Hoyland or even Garnacho, he he might have just buried that. So I mean, I'm a bit balanced on this. I think I think with Bruno as well, if we were organized enough, we would have been okay with the point. Yeah, I think no doubt um, uh, from a Liverpool perspective, we were happy not to have Bruno on the pitch uh, because and I think it played a large part of. Uh, let's be let's be fair. I don't like his whinging at all. I thought in the seven 0 game he was really like disgraceful at times. But at the end of the day, I think a large part of the reason why Liverpool had nothing to worry about for seventy minutes was the fact that Bruno was not on the pitch because the I every single time we gave the ball away and we did that a lot. United just returned the favor with a plumb. Like they would give it back in the next three seconds. That's that's how bad United were in possession. That that's why I'm saying if we had won the game, we would be having a very different conversation about the way United played. Uh, Anthony defensively, I thought did a great job, but with the ball, oh my god! As as a Liverpool fan, I got bored with how crap my team was, and I was just like looking at some of the play that that the United attack attacking transitions was, and it was really bad. Like Bruno would have changed that, I think, and. There was we gave the ball away so badly at times that Bruno could have made use of one of those chances and found uh, something dangerous. So yeah, very happy he wasn't on the pitch. I I don't buy this argument that um, him not being there played a part. And I don't. I think a large part of why it was a nil nil was also about how crap Liverpool was. And if Bruno was on the pitch, maybe United would have been more dangerous on the counter attack as well. So yeah, no credence to that. But I forgot, Ashwin, you mentioned that there was no talkie moment. There actually was a talkie moment. That amazing <laughs> red card. I can't believe I almost forgot it. Uh, just incredible stuff. A double yellow card for double the same play, um, descent twice. And oh man, it's like uh-huh. nothing's let's, happening in the game. Both teams are crap. Let let Michael Oliver like, step up and take. Let's 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 come up with a talking moment. You know that that is how Michael Oliver was, and it is so annoying because first firstly I've never seen that. I've never seen like a player get two yellow cards for descent within three seconds. Like it happens sometimes. Like players are like, you know, they they shout at the referee, and then maybe fifteen twenty seconds later they do something else. But like this was not even this was like within three or four seconds of each other, right? And initially I was I was thinking whether he had already got a yellow card, and that's why he's like okay, giving the second yellow and then giving him the red. But then 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 the commentator started talking, and it was like it was just a really crappy moment, and it was just a moment conjured out of nowhere from Michael Oliver. And the worst thing and something that got really pushed my buttons was, of course, Mr. Dermot Gallagher comes in after the after the match and he's trying to explain why he got the two yellows and how in the current set of rules that makes sense. And then the presenter is basically arguing with him and he's like, oh, well, Darwin Nunes did something very similar in the game, but he did not get, get the second yellow. And then... The, Mr. Dom Gallagher decides to, you know, defend his own decision and he 
makes all sorts of silly arguments so this consistency or the lack of consistency is really getting on my nerves right now firstly it was not a throw in for liverpool i think we established that right in the 91st minute if you are getting if you're not getting decisions in your favor and then <laughs> liverpool have an option to potentially score because of that bad decision of course you will show dissent right it's just crazy it's just crazy how you know these snowflakes referees can't take anything against them. and he ends up getting the second yellow i don't know i don't i it's beyond me now yeah thankfully it did not affect the result of the game uh, because that was just nonsensical it's almost i mean there is almost no surer way for the referee to uh, make himself the center of attention rather uh, than giving a dissent yellow let alone two right for me this dissent yellow itself is a little bit of a because people keep express players keep expressing their frustration in different ways uh, but the minute you express it by slightly looking in the direction of the referee you're going to get a card right and this guy picks up two cards also anyway uh, for me there were only really two talking moments about this game itself uh, i thought the game was overall pretty drab uh, especially because i was sitting on a sunday night waiting for a goal fest because you know i have no horse in this game or uh, in this race but uh, i one of course is the two yellow red card and the other is the uh, stuff that followed with uh, uh, with uh, keen and van dyke that was pretty fun uh, where van dyke said that you know the only one team came to win it they showed nothing etc and then keen basically told him to sit down he's only won one premier league and what not and uh, that was very that was very alan hansen from 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 keen I, like very uh, like boomer talk saying hey i won more than you you please shut up and sit down or, no, but that uh, was clearly sour grapes uh, or like jamie carragher to pep guardiola to pep guardiola to jamie carragher is what you mean right oh yeah sorry <laughs> that joke uh-huh. <laughs> 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 Yeah I mean like uh, see even like all the stuff I've said till now also was of a similar ilk to what Van Dyke said only I really felt like it was just one way traffic for a lot but as a player probably you shouldn't be saying the things that somebody on the 50th episode of a podcast can be saying um but but yeah I mean it's, uh, Keen was also a little over the top I felt but a little nice clickbaity uh, moment for Sky which which I know they love uh but yeah I, just going back to that uh, refereeing thing um i can't i can't take this <laughs> anymore like see even i think you mentioned rightly um, ashwin that the whole uh, newness thing he got a yellow maybe clapped to the referee or something like that and i've seen those given before i uh, i don't remember who it was maybe it was ronaldo Wait, or maybe right. it was rooney yeah Wait, so rooney. They, i've seen those given so <laughs> and then in the same game later that night uh, uh, dalo that is pretty ridiculous i can't i can't take it anymore now yeah so just before we move on i think uh, from next season onwards um, var is going to be invoked to check if it's single descent or double descent and what the time difference between the first shout or the second shout is uh, so be prepared for more var chat on even sillier things next season but yeah 
going forward uh, arsenal are top of the league city as radha said uh, and uh, city have dropped points that's that's five points gap now and this time round unlike last season arsenal have actually played city so is there light at the un- end of the tunnel can someone else actually win the title this time round or are city going to come back uh, after this uh, club world cup holiday and uh, again put that run together which they usually do uh, or is it finally arsenal's time to shine or maybe even someone else liverpool yeah i um, i said of course on the group chat that having seen the liverpool united game and how drab liverpool are uh, or were in that that game anyway uh, that uh, this is the best chance arsenal have and they should be very disappointed if they don't win the title this year uh, that said of course you can never rule the city out uh, of course they are currently in saudi arabia with the club world cup uh, and i think they won their first match pretty comfortably there but uh, the interesting thing to note from that trip is that uh, one mr de bruyne has been pictured back in training and uh, i think he should be involved uh, and today of course there's also pictures of Holland training properly with the team he was out i know for a couple of games as well i think we've seen them go on these runs so we just can never rule them out and with de bruyne coming back it should hopefully ease off that creative burden that uh, bernardo has been feeling and we can expect them to put a run together um and then i think they'll just be counting on you know arsenal and liverpool and uh, uh and maybe even villa basically taking points off of each other uh, i think that's that city's best chance but uh you know it just can't rule them out even with you know even if they're 10 points behind with you know 10 12 games left to play i think they can still go on and win the game win the title yeah yeah so i think in terms of the palace uh, city game palace have traditionally caused a bit of trouble for city right so it's i won't go to the extent of calling them their bogey team but like they have caused a few troubles not just to city even we remember the kristanbul game as well right so even to liverpool so they have a knack of doing that i think this particular game specifically city should have had had it wrapped much before um they scored their second goal i think what what was it uh in the 54th minute rico lewis really good goal and then mateta comes in uh, and it's 2-1 and then you know cal- calamity strikes pretty much uh they they were literally dominated crystal palace for the best part of the game and then palace just took their chances like and that is something something that city have not been doing really well they used to get a lot of these professional results right or professional performances in and that's how they will go on the on these immaculate runs of 10 games 12 games and that would help close the gap and potentially give them the lead in the title race as well that hasn't been happening to the same extent this time around um they've had a lot of injuries obviously let's not forget kevin de bruyne has been out for the best part of the season uh haland hasn't been there fit and running every game so he's currently injured he might be back but he's currently injured uh, they are missing some key players who who did win them the title last time out so gundogan is no more there uh, mares is no more there so that would that would obviously have an impact on how the team perform, uh, performs and how uh, title ready or how dominant they are 
but i think this is a game where just city just threw away the points they should have definitely won and got the three points in okay yeah um, just like uh, quickly on city though i know that they'll end up scoring more goals and therefore see out games and that will help them but defensively they're still quite questionable i think um, spurs showed that uh, as well arsenal showed that uh, it well palace also showed that if you forget about the penalty but if you look at the first goal he just it's an easy run down the wing cross into the box gets in front of the center back and scores a goal i mean it's it's pretty basic stuff and and when are we going to or does that not happen with city because everybody is so expensive and cost so much money but when are we going to actually start looking at josco guardiola and say what exactly is the big deal with this guy man like um i just out of curiosity i just wanted to see what his profile looked like on who scored and who scored lists out his weaknesses as aerial ta- aerial challenges and tackling i mean that's it's a little weird for a 100 million center back to have weaknesses on aerial challenges and tackling and he's been pretty ordinary i would say nothing nothing to write home about this season so when are we going to actually start asking questions of some of the players that they're signing as well like they've lost a lot of good players they've lost zinchenko in that position uh, who now seems to be doing a great job for arsenal uh, perhaps there's some mistakes being made at man city at man city as well i don't know they they don't look defensively solid that's for sure and if rodri is missing then forget about it they look like they look like a team that can be very easily got at so yeah they're that dependent on rodri like they were that dependent on fernandinho for a decade mm-hmm. so yeah a little bit of balance issues in the squad as well yeah just on the guardiol point um see i think the reason why you don't see of course as much scrutiny on 100 million pounds that city spend on a player is also because i think one of course is they win despite even if they have a bad signing or two they are collectively so strong that they go out and win titles and trebles and what not the other element also is i think um, even if a player has a poor first half of a season you'll see them sort of coming good uh, eventually in pep and his system of course again just very last sort of silver lining i think for guardiola also is that he's been playing left back and not left center back which is his preferred or his strength position um so uh so i think there's still out on um, jury still out on guardiola but uh, i mean i'm with you if you if you, if you're making the point that there should be further scrutiny on some of these i'm totally with you there uh because you know other clubs spend 30 and 40 million and those players get scrutinized like crazy 10 months into or 8 months or 6 months into their uh, into their tenure so okay and uh, arsenal's title challenge how do you think this is coming along they seem to be going pretty well uh, they they're pulling off the late wins that they were doing last season as well but rice has become an integral part of the team pretty neatly i mean he 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 fits he fits very well uh, i think he's probably scoring more than he was at west ham but then he probably has a stronger bunch of players around him which allows him to do that um, and despite all the struggles of jesus not being fit etc etc scoring goals doesn't seem to be that big of an issue you would say that there have been periods where saka has been off 
the boil. Martinelli has not had the same season as last time around, but it doesn't seem to be stopping them overall as a collective. I see. I think this was a tricky game on paper. Um, this was a game that a lot of I think RK and me have been talking on the pod about how Arsenal are not looking as good as they did last season, but obviously they're still there or thereabouts. I expected them to find this game hard. I thought they were comfortable in that game. Yeah, it took them a while to score. Um, it did uh, maybe draw some amount of tension among the fans and all that, but it was a proper um, proper performance, I would say, against a tough team in Brighton. And when the second goal went in, it was totally deserved. So this was not the day where uh, Arsenal was there to be doubted. I thought they played really well against a challenging team. Uh, knowing that Liverpool and Manchester United were going to be playing later that day or later that uh, weekend. So, uh, they they are under pressure when Man City drop points and Liverpool have a tough game. Definitely, that is pressure. And I thought they responded to that really well. And um, good good job by, by Arsenal. Um, what I'm not very um, sure or certain about even now is to write Man City off. I, if, on my voice note last week as well, I did mention that Arsenal are a better team than Liverpool. So I think that they should get over the line versus Liverpool. But I can never write City off. Like Ab said, the cavalry is coming. So um, let's see. I don't think they're out of um, City's reach yet. So it's going to be a challenging second half of the season to keep City at bay. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about bogey games. Uh, sorry, bogey teams earlier, right? Brighton are one of Arsenal's bogey teams. And... Uh, they rose to the occasion really well. They as an Arsenal rose to the occasion quite well. I felt um, it. It it was two nil at the end. Uh, at the end of the day, but it it could have been much more. Arsenal clearly dominated Brighton in terms of chances, not in terms of possession. Uh, but they had like twenty five shots, twenty six shots actually to Brighton's six and nine shots on target uh, to Brighton's one. Uh, I think it was a very comprehensive performance. It is. Uh, one of those uh, professional performances, like I said, that City could have had against Palace, which Bright, uh, Arsenal ended up having against Brighton. I think next week uh, is the game at Anfield, I think. Yeah, so they're playing Liverpool next week. right? So that would be the uh, real litmus test uh, because these are two teams going for the title. And it is definitely, I won't call it a title decider, but at least it will give them the, um, you know, that confidence to go all the way at least, right? Um I think Arsenal are definitely doing all the th- right things. Uh, they made some really incredible signings, uh, including Kai Havertz, which I know is Up's favorite <laughs> player. Uh, but yeah, he came up. He's coming up with the goods as well, right? So things are looking quite rosy for Arsenal at this point. Yeah, and I think uh, Havertz has already um, outperformed himself from last season. So. Um... I mean, kudos to him. He's he's probably fitting better at Arsenal. But anyway, uh, what's definitely that was uh, that was not a very healthy. Yeah, that is not a very healthy kudos. Uh, the expression on Swag's face was nothing sh- like nothing to do with kudos. But yeah, I think it's just kudos. a matter of time until uh, Mason Mount puts that expression back on Swag's face. Yeah, we'll we'll see when he comes back. Uh, from his injury. But yeah, something that's definitely not working well is my fantasy team. I think I've dropped to 11th now. Uh, even Ashwin's dropped a couple of points this uh, week. I think my Haaland obsession of 
continuing to keep him in the team and keeping him captain has bitten me really really badly um i put uh, alvarez as the vice captain he got two points i was thinking of doing that to watkins who ended up getting nine i didn't do that sucks um i think uh, rather you can unretire and i can take the retired spot because this is definitely not working out but wait there's more i used my uh, wild card this week and one of my wild carded in strikers got a red card and gave me minus 2 so please okay, i'm very much still in retirement i think i think it was one of those weeks right like uh, like i was very confident that united will get get mauled and like sala would score double digits at least um i ended up captaining sala Uh, at least i Wait, got what t- is sala will score double digits at least what were you expecting <laughs> sala will score 100 goals in one game or what double digit in terms of points swag you should <laughs> oh. <do> that <laughs> um yeah so um yeah so i thought like sala would score uh, give me good returns that clearly didn't happen uh, at least he got the clean sheet which is good um yeah it was just one of those weeks that you know you know it's you know it's slim pickings when we're talking about mo sala's clean sheet exactly uh but yeah i think uh, it, it's just one of those weeks that you'll have to probably write off uh next game week is looking very tricky as well with you know arsenal liverpool and you really don't know whether how these games kind of end i think the standout fixture next for Uh, are mostly for As- Aston Villa uh, so Ollie Watkins if you don't have him in your squad he has to be in there and uh, Solanke as well is looking like a really good pick if again he is not in your team and uh, maybe the Chelsea boys will not agree with me but uh, Palmer is also looking like a good shout so with the fixtures that Chelsea have i think yeah if you don't have Cole Palmer now is the time to get him I I would say uh, it's probably also time to start thinking about um, Afcon um, and the yeah. Asian Cup. Mitoma will probably go there as well, and uh, we've we already know that Mbemo is going to be. I mean, he's he's obviously injured, so he's gone for three months. And but uh, he was he was expected to be out. Son will go as well if it ends up being a Korea Japan final. Imagine no Mitoma and no Son. Quite a lot of people would have them in their teams. So start thinking about that as well. I forget forgetting the Egyptian king there. Yep. So that was one. I brought him into my team um, uh, and got Haaland out. Well, I just thought it'll be a couple of weeks of Salah before he moves on. So. Yeah, he's going to be off soon. So yeah, that's going to be a, a bit of a challenge for fantasy. Uh, but I think maybe we should start looking at draft instead. Perhaps uh, uh, having a slightly better time in the draft, though I'm still one point behind the leader. Uh, but yeah, draft is looking good. Yeah, for for draft, I have three strikers. None of them played a single minute. between the three of them i had zero minutes played let alone points so i actually had my game against you radhaji so yeah i i when that happened i knew this this was wasn't going to end well even though they've still kept the game week open because of the bournemouth luton thing um, it's obviously going to end up with you winning um, that, that thing but i was wondering yeah, I, about that so then i should technically then move to the top of the table then at the end of this game week Mm. depends on how pratiksha has done in his 
game but uh, yeah you're definitely winning <laughs> against me i just hope that by the time the next game we comes around some of these strikers are back otherwise draft is looking like a lost cause as well no title defense this time around okay then coming to the european draws we had the champions league europa league and conference league draws uh, earlier this week any thoughts do man city have an easy draw i mean someone said uh, online um, the irony of manchester united fans saying that man city have got an easy draw when the same team kicked them out of the competition is hilarious uh, but yeah you would still think that uh, when it's man city versus copenhagen there is a difference between man city and man united right now as well so that should be easy pickings for haland uh, and co um, Inter Atletico caught my eye. I think that's probably the most open game um, from the Champions League perspective. After that, it's probably Napoli, Barcelona. I would say. Yeah, those are the only two. So I, I think it's a pretty shit set of uh, mm. fixtures, if you ask me. Uh, I know Arun, who's our resident Arsenal fan, will try and make it look like Porto Arsenal is a huge deal. It's really not. Nobody gives a shit about Porto Arsenal. uh inter atletico and we're clutching here like honestly you don't want to watch a simeone team play if you're stay up till 1:30 am and watch simeone team play definitely not very exciting but yeah probably barcelona napoli should be fun uh that's the only thing but yeah compared to some of the um, group stages i i think it's a pretty underwhelming ucl draw yeah but i would argue that I think Atletico this season have been slightly more um, how do you say this uh, adventurous um so might not be as dull as dishwater as their games usually are but I would also say the PSG Real Sociedad might be interesting depending on how PSG are looking when these games actually come around because we are we're trying to predict these games in December when it's it's going to be uh, uh march when these games actually come up i i i think i would say the napoli barcelona one is for me is w- one of the more stand out fixtures it might be the case that we might not see uh javi hernandez at the hem uh by that time with the way the season is going for him uh we might not even see victor osimhen we might go to chelsea or some other club for all you know so uh, it could look like a very different napoli versus barcelona when uh you know feb 14 comes in um i think the real sociedad and psg game would be interesting as well sociedad i think have conceded only two goals or some ridiculous amount of number of goals uh, that they have conceded in the league um uh, so that could be an interesting one as well um and yeah apart from that all the other fixtures look pretty uh, straightforward to me I think City will definitely win. Uh, uh, you know, they'll come to Manchester and they will probably realize that you know there is one team in Manchester which clearly knows how to play football at this point in time. Uh, so yeah, City definitely going through. Arsenal going through also easily. I feel, um, and Dortmund also have a good draw. I feel so. I think these are the three short, short, sure, short teams that I feel will be. Good. I I think what I. I agree it's not as open a draw as it usually has been in the recent past but what that can actually give us is a blockbuster final eight uh, where you have 
no weak teams if you can say so and then that would be really fun to check out when that draw gets made because i think even for the other english teams in the in the european competition such as liverpool and west ham etc we are waiting for the um, qualifying knockout rounds to happen and then these teams come into the equation because this, so um, we'll we'll find out more um, in in feb i guess but um, yeah uh moving on up uh, you mentioned two games one in a row chelsea beat newcastle in the carabao cup on penalties yesterday night that was fun and considering uh, the impact uh, trippier had on the game in the final few minutes including letting in that goal as well as missing the penalty he must not be enjoying life right now yeah i'm pretty sure there are some newcastle fans calling for uh... Trippier to be investigated alongside Tonali uh, because he had a horrendous um, 15-20 minutes. Uh, came in there to defend the 1-0 lead. Oh, in fact, I think he came on at halftime. So, yeah. So, he came in to help defend the um, 1-0 lead and then uh, he was doing okay uh, but then ends up giving a pretty easy chance to uh, to Murik and Murik put it away. So, it's a good finish. and then of course conveniently also ended up missing a penalty for uh, against us so to, that was good i watched the game and um, for a long time uh, for a lot of the game i was um, uh thinking if it was a good idea to stay up until so late to watch this kind of a game one nil down for a long time and we never ever 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 come back uh, from uh from goals down and win games is just not something that we have shown as a part of our character but the team actually stood up uh, when they had the chance they took it and the penalties were fantastic uh, petro which was pretty good uh, made a good save um and uh you know that it was a ex- it was an extremely vital thing we are uh, winning the carabao cup is the only way chelsea sees any kind of european football next season so it's a huge tournament for us of course we'll still have to get past either a, a two of fulham middlesbrough liverpool or west ham to do that and i'm really hoping west ham can do us a favor and beat liverpool tonight but um, huge game huge game uh, of course i i said that we won two in a row we also beat sheffield over the weekend and i'm i'm really 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 glad the t pro, the three promoted teams are pretty shite um because uh, that's the only way we get any kind of confidence and have some victories under our belt i feel like like the only assured victories seem to be against the three promoted teams uh, again both these games cole palmer was a standout player um one goal and one assist i think in the uh, uh in the sheffield game and of course uh, also vital yesterday he has a of course many areas in his game that he needs to improve he's like what 19 and he will and i wish we weren't so reliant on him but that's just the way it is now uh but the biggest news of course was that we saw 8 9 minutes from christopher nkunku yesterday also scored a penalty which was which is good he didn't get to do much in the game uh playing against an extremely low block but i'm looking forward to seeing him now uh, more and more hopefully we can give uh, you know bench some of these other guys i know you guys spoke of the afcon and how kasala is going 
you also did a great disservice to Nicholas Jackson, who's also going to the AFCON. Uh, you know, you have your Salas, we have our Nico Jacksons, and uh, we're going to miss him, but perfect time for Nkunku to come to some kind of fitness. Uh, now it's a matter of form. But yeah, uh, I spoke that, I said we have three games against Luton, Palace, and Wolves, not necessarily in that order, but man, we have to get nine points out of that. If we get nine points out of that going into the new year, then you know, there'll be a bit of wind in our sails, but uh, I wished for these things before and we know how that goes. Yeah, particularly in the last year or so, I think the fact that we've won these games in a row by itself is now feels like a surprise. I mean, um, listening to the Chelsea podcast as well, it's like, are we actually talking about wins two episodes in a row? It's it's odd, but yeah. Let's see. Christopher and Kunku coming back was good. Uh, well, at least he was present right next to Modric so that he 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 could be photographed celebrating with him, uh, announcing his arrival um, in in blue. But yeah, we'll see. And I'm hoping not just that West Ham do us a favor, but also that they stay away from us in the semi-final draw because over ah, 90 minutes we can sab, probably beat them. Sab kuch le lo. Uh, so we, we, we have to rely on something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right just now. just forfeit. Just ask other teams to go the cup to uh, bring the club to West uh, sorry, the cup to West London and yeah, we are fine. Pochettino retains the job also. Yeah. Uh, West Ham, go beat Liverpool. After that, get out, go go somewhere, go, uh, cancel go Fulham. season. Yeah. Uh, very good. I think it's fair that Liverpool give this up for us because you know they're anyway going to win the Europa League so yeah yeah because that's how mm-hmm. it works out mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, no, so I, I just want to just want to address one I just want to address one thing that Ashwin said that Chelsea might sign Osimhen uh I'm thinking that for somebody like Osimhen and all I think we're entering into territory where Chelsea need to start pulling some levers uh, to make shit like that happen I, I don't know how much more 100 million, like, I, I don't see how that can continue to happen given the reality of where they're going to finish this season and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, they definitely do need somebody to score goals, but Wasim and the likes of him, I think, will be out of reach. Yeah, and yeah. they can't even do the uh, 50-year contracts anymore because the Premier League changed the rules, right? So, <laughs> that option is and, also not available. <laughs> Well, Chelsea did vote in favour of abolishing that. So, uh, Chelsea Not was like... We, we, though, right? Yeah, wink, we, wink. Wink, wink. We've already done what we needed to do. Now, yeah. no one else should be able to oh, do yeah. that. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, looking forward to this game week, which is coming up tomorrow, which Ashwin reminded me today morning. I had forgotten that it starts tomorrow itself. Uh, Liverpool Arsenal is part of this game week, but I also want to talk about Liverpool, not just Liverpool Arsenal, but also Man United Aston Villa because I'm not so sure that we'll we'll be back in time just the day after Christmas. So uh, these two games are something that I think we we can look forward to in the next few days. Uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Radhaji? You said that if you played like you did against United, you're losing this game. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think uh, Arsenal... See, we were very lucky that one on a day that uh, we couldn't score a goal no matter what. We were lucky that we didn't have to worry about conceding a goal for a large part of the game. 
Arsenal is not that kind of team as we've seen so many times this season and last even when they play crap they can still pull it out of the bag so um they're not going to be playing crap or very often sorry so it's it's a very difficult game anyway i think given where we are right now having three or four bad performances in a row while we've been able to win uh, maybe two or three of those um, the performances have not been up to scratch it's a bad time perhaps to go and play arsenal uh, this time the only thing is again it is at home uh, hopefully that makes more of a difference than it did against united uh, it's a critical game for us to not lose i would say um I, i i don't think a draw is the worst thing in the world but definitely losing would really put put some uh i think a lot of liverpool fans and liverpool staff will be taking uh stock of where we are in the in the season if we lose to arsenal at home so yeah uh i i'm i think it should be a draw but i hope that we can turn it around and put in a good performance and actually win the game um after what we saw against united it's the least that uh, they can do so yeah i'm looking forward to a good game uh, from an execution point of view from us if if that's the most we can ask for for now yeah i think i think uh, it's definitely it, they i am expecting some form of a reaction from liverpool in that game um they, they you could definitely sense a bit of complacency in in the in the united game they were def, they, they were expecting to hammer united which clearly did not happen and then uh, nil nil is not the result they would be really proud of against arsenal they can definitely not afford to be uh, the way they were against united so i'm expecting that reaction um you spoke about the aston villa united game but before that i mean we are going to take it one game at a time i'm going to talk about the west ham game as well uh it's away from home uh it's uh, against a david moyes side west ham west ham are a funny team right like they sometimes do really well and they sometimes they just they just you know um uh, they're like one of the more beatable teams we can't play the same way that we played against liverpool against west ham i mean a united team cannot go to west ham and play like that um so it will be an interesting one and especially with the likes of gerard bowen and kudus and all those people how they are turning up for west ham uh, lately i would be surprised if united get any points against west ham uh and then we can start talking about the aston villa game um i'm actually quite worried about united going into the fixture uh, festive period i think that's a big game um the the villa one i think west ham is always a tricky one but at the end of the day united can and should beat west ham villa you never know the first half that they played against man city villa just made me sit up and take notice for sure um they really uh, i mean they were running with the whole pressure of a hey, 13 wins at home and all of that uh they were playing with that pressure and they absolutely delivered um sorry i'm i'm talking about the the arsenal game the first the first half against arsenal after they beat man city they were under a lot of pressure they came out and absolutely delivered in that first half um so i can't really i i can see them putting in a performance against united as well west ham yeah i think i i agree with ashwin though i will say that they are one of the form teams so if you look at the last 5 6 games west ham are in the top 5 or top 6 uh, in the league um 
interestingly everton are second in the league in the top in the last 5 uh, 6 games so uh, a lot of stuff has been happening in the in the form table arsenal are right up there of course united are mid table there um, united man city spurs they're all having a little bit of a blip so that way west ham technically is in good form so it could be a a tough game there as well but i do think that united should beat west ham yeah all right uh, we will see how this goes and uh, remember to change your fpl teams before tomorrow otherwise you'll get locked in with haland as captain when his team isn't even playing uh like Who's your vice captain alvarez same problem <laughs> hey what happens if both captain and vice captain don't play don't Nothing. get the points <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness! You, I have three Man City have vice, in my squad, cap- man. <laughs> Quarter I'm captain. On. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's that's what's wrong with Chelsea, right? We have Reece James as the captain, Ben Chilwell as the vice captain, <laughs> then we have Conor Gallagher. Then he gets red carded. Then Levi Colwell is the captain, etc., etc. Anyway, I've done enough jinxing uh, for Chelsea for uh, this episode. Uh, so we will catch you with the results of this game week and maybe a few more uh, the next time we meet listeners. And again, thank you very much for listening, watching uh, wherever you've interacted with us over the past year and a half. Ooh, that's long. And thank you to everyone. Bye-bye.